welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. I'm Diane, your lactation consultant. And I'm Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder. And today's episode is brought to you by Ruminant Nursing Wear's Pump and Nurse Collection. All-in-one products that you can both breastfeed as well as pump hands-free in. And we will hear more from Rumina later on. But right now, Diane has our review of the week. I do. And it is from a bunch of initials. I-G-C-T-G-T-H. I don't know what that means, but um, but this is a... She says, thank you. I initially thought your podcast was targeted for black moms and babies when I saw your logo with the black mom power symbols. I didn't get the baby. I didn't get why the baby was pink, though. I was wrong. (laughs) I'm still so glad I found your podcast. I'm 30 weeks pregnant today with what will be my first child. I had a miscarriage in January, and I've been listening for several weeks now. I plan to listen to all your episodes before the birth. Right now, I'm listening to two episodes per day on 1.5 speed. I would love to know how that sounds. Oh, my God. Um, the information is so invaluable and totally necessary. I thought pump and dump was legit until I heard your episode. I have always wanted to breastfeed, but listening to you two enlightened me to many of the realities. And so now I can anticipate some of the challenges and changes that will inevitably happen during my breastfeeding journey and know that it is okay. Best to both of you and your families. Oh, thank you so much. And good luck. Let us know how it goes with your baby. And this is why we want people to, to listen when they're pregnant so that, they will know that the challenges that come up because it's not going to be challenge free. So this way you can be a little bit like, okay, this is normal. This is all right. You know, and kind of keep going, but please leave us reviews because we love to hear, you know, the things that you love. And I love that she put here that the pump and dump episode was really an eye opener for her because there could be some stuff out there that you didn't even realize was like, Oh my God, that I remember hearing that. And that's crazy. So, Give us your reviews. We'd love to hear it. And then you can be our review of the week. And Abby has a really, really cool interview for us. I'm really excited about this one. Yes, I got to interview Nikki Patrick. She is a friend of mine and she is a mother and a writer and a survivor. And she is such an incredible person. And let's hear what she has to say. Let's hear it. Hi, Nikki. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're really excited you're here to talk to us today. Hi. Um, and so Nikki's driving because <laughs> Nikki is <laughs> always on the go. Hi, I heard somebody in the back. <laughs> yes, we have guests. <laughs> yeah, this is a show with multiple people. Um, so, so Nikki, you, um, you are on a mission. This is what I understand. I you are on a mission. And you have taken (laughs) but you have a mission about breastfeeding and kind of healing through um, healing sexual from sexual abuse through breastfeeding and that in your whole experience that goes back all the way to your childhood. And you've taken this to the internet, you've taken this to conferences, you've taken this face to face to people. Um, Can you tell us kind of tell us what what is what are you doing? What is this mission? Tell us about it. So I am a survivor of about 15 years of sexual assault at the hands of one of my parents. Um, and when I was pregnant with my first child, uh, my daughter, I walked into the hospital with 
a can of formula because I had absolutely no intention on breastfeeding. Um, it was not on the radar. Everybody knew. In my mind, formula was much easier than ever allowing any being to touch me in that way or in that place ever again. So uh, I'm sorry to interrupt. So you didn't, so you, 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 you straight up said from the beginning, I don't want to breastfeed. I don't want anybody to touch me there. I'm not, this was like related to your sexual assault, right? You, you, yep. you just said straight up. And I, I was very clear this. about that. Okay. Yep. And I was very, very clear about that. The reason why um, mm-hmm. I've always been super open about my past because, you know, I don't feel like you can be, you can't move past it if you're not open about it. So I've always been really open. I was really open with her from the beginning. Um, and yeah, I said I, I wasn't going to do this. Um, and then my baby was born. Uh, and our, our birth experience was difficult um, at best. A uh, 10-pound first baby is not exactly the easiest thing to deliver. So when she was born, you know, these nurses had been instructed that they were not to put her on my chest. That was not a thing that was going to happen. I, you know, I was very adamant about that until she came out. (laughs) And then it was like, I don't know if it was hormones or what it was, but the whole just mood of the room, my uh, mood and my needs changed literally in an instant. Um, and I let her latch, and I say it all the time that that moment, which is about 1.25 in the morning on January 28, 2013, was literally the most healing moment of my life. Um, in, that, in that instant, I just felt this flood of, like, this can be an okay thing. This is, you know, my what happened to me is not what I am now. And it just, it, it changed everything. That, that moment and everything since then changed everything and allowed me to really look at what happened to me growing up in kind of a different way. Um, and it, it allowed me to look at my body and my sexuality and, you know, all those different things that are tied into it in such a different way. That's amazing. It was, it, it was a very, it, I don't think that anybody else in the room really truly understood like how powerful that moment was um, until, I mean, I was like sobbing, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, like uncontrollably sobbing. And my husband even was pretty emotional about it because he knew, you know, that this was not, this was not the plan. <laughs> This was not what was going to happen, and and I think that he could sense even just a, a change, like the anxiety, the worry, the the fear, the discomfort, everything just sort of melted away. Now, with the caveat that it did not stay that way, and I've talked about this many times, my birth and my immediate nursing experience were like that. The next six-ish weeks were not always like that. Um, particularly in the middle of the night when I had an angry baby who wanted to forcefully latch on to me. Um, those were very, very difficult moments. Um, still very healing because it still allowed me to look at, you know, what was happening just physically, just that physical sensation in a very different way, but incredibly difficult. 
those those six weeks were very very hard and then I'd say that after that things sort of leveled out and you know the next period of time nursing her and I nursed her for three and a half years um, and I tandem nursed her with my son which was a whole new experience him being a boy it shouldn't have mattered but it did um, sure. it, it's all been just incredibly healing it, it has like I said I say it over and over it just allowed me to look at my breath my body those sensations in such a different way it's it's it's, it's very powerful. It's a very powerful experience. And can you tell, tell everybody how, so how many kids do you have at this point? Four. <laughs> you've breastfed, you've gone through six, all. four, two, and a new, well, she's eight months old now. Yeah. And you've breastfed all of them? For some period of time, yeah. <laughs> uh, Grace was three and a half years, and then Brendan actually he basically weaned himself at around 13 months. Um, I also found out then that I was pregnant with Meredith. <laughs> uh. So that may have had something to do with it. Um, and then Meredith, again, she nursed until I got pregnant with Felicity. And then Felicity nursed just for two months. And now we're having all those issues. But every experience has led me closer to a place of truly being at peace with what happened to me. Um, and it's, it's just allowed me honestly to grow so much as a person. And it's not even breastfeeding, like the act of breastfeeding, you know, life-changing for me, but it's just parenting and, and, and allowing myself to be open and vulnerable in so many ways. That's really been the healing moment that I, I talk about so often you know I, I've talked like you said I've talked to survivors in many different capacities and it I always talk about how being a parent helped me more than you know a hundred thousand dollars of therapy it helped me more than even speaking to other survivors before I was a parent because there's just this level of vulnerability and openness and you know trust and love and connection that you have to have to parent your children <laughs> and I had to go to those really really dark and painful places to be able to do all those things and it was really my first daughter who allowed me to open myself up to even being you know willing to go to those places you know it nothing before this got me to that place right and I then, there we are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I don't relate to your story in um in ways that I was sexually assaulted when I was a child, but but I you know I can I I can relate to kind of what you're saying about um you know parenting kind of it kind of forces you to to do to 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 to. Um, explore those parts of yourself and to really just, you know, I mean, there's times where I'm like, I absolutely have to get my shit together. You know, like I have to. Now I tried for a long time and now I'm a parent and there's just no choice now. Like I have to go down those painful roads. You have to. You cannot give yourself 100% to your children if you aren't 
able and and you know I feel like you know everyone's in a different place and everybody gets there in a different way and that's okay too you know it's not always this magical journey where you're like wow I'm a parent now everything is great it was not great (laughs) and I've had a lot of bumps in the road and things have been really hard and like I said you know there were nights when Grace was four months old or four weeks old and she would you know be screaming because she was so hungry and I just I, I couldn't like I couldn't let her latch on I couldn't yeah. nurse her because I was going through my own stuff and then you have to learn like you have to step back and you have to say like I am responsible for this being so how am I going to work through this I'm not going to ignore it I'm going to acknowledge it I'm going to you know face it head on and it's just it's allowed me to face so many things that I never I never thought I could I never thought I would and I never really wanted to I didn't have you know any really good reason until I saw these little babies that I made yeah I heard this I heard this quote the other day and I can't even remember where I heard it or or what who said it um but somebody said uh you don't move past trauma, you move forward with it. And yes, I thought that was I believe really interesting. That. Yeah, I mean, because you, you know, there's no way you can just, anybody can, can kind of move past and just, you know, never again think about or ever be affected by something so traumatic. Um, and so what do you, so, so as you're, you know, so as you're parenting, as you're having more children, does it get easier? Or are you, man- how are you managing kind of child after child breastfeeding, birthing experience after birthing and breastfeeding experience as you, as you get older? Um, I always say that it doesn't really get easier, but it gets different because you, you gather, you know, you gather your tools, you find your people, you, you know, you find what keeps you strong and what, you know, what you and it's not only my kids I mean there are other there are other things that you know motivate me to want you know to be better um not that I was bad before but you just you you always strive to to do better for your kids for your husband for your friends for for whomever but mostly for myself you know I spent many many years before I was a parent really really dark and terrible places that you know I wasn't treating myself well at all so through you know this healing experience I've really also come into my own you know I'm, I'm not only an awesome parent like I, I not to toot my own horn I mean I'm, I'm a normal parent but you're an awesome parent um, I've also you know I've also grown just as a person in general my relationship with myself has changed my relationship with those around me has changed you know everything has changed and it's it, you know, it's, it's been a, a difficult but amazing experience and something that I'm so grateful for because I don't know that I would be who I am today and able to handle, you know, the challenges that life continues to throw at me because, as you know, it's not like it, it ended there. Uh, I wouldn't be able to do that without, you know, this healing that I was able to find through all of my birth experiences, which were all, you know, very different. So also healing in different ways. Grace, as I mentioned, was a difficult birth just because she was my first baby and she was ginormous. Uh, My son, I had a difficult time with because one, he was a boy and I was really freaked out about it. Um, 
and two because he um, came out and he wasn't breathing. <laughs> and oh then he God. had some issues, and you know things were things were difficult at first. He was in the NICU; it, it was totally unexpected. You know, he was a term baby, so you know, none of this stuff should have happened. But I believe that my experience before made me able to handle it better, to you know, to cope with it better. Did it make it easy? Did it make it you know, it didn't feel good, but. I had all these tools that I've picked up along the way that were able to help me deal with it. And Meredith comes along and, you know, she's a placental abruption baby. So that was terrifying. And then, you know, Felicity, she's got her whole host of issues. So I think that all of these experiences, all these things I've learned have just helped me to, you know, push forward. It is, I always will carry this this thing in the back of my mind, you know, and as Grace grows, and all my kids really, but because Grace is my oldest, it's, you know, I, I focus a lot on her. <clears throat> I find myself having to really tap in to this healing energy that I've found because I don't want my past to hinder her. I don't want my fears and my anxieties about all the evil things of the world to rub off on her. Now, we, we obviously talk about body safety and we talk about all these things and, you know, age-appropriate banners. But there have been points where I've, you know, been like, you can't have a male teacher but, or, you know, you can't do this or you can't do that, which is not rational. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I've that's been my how this has affected me as my kids have even gotten older because your instinct is to protect your children. And I think it's even deeper when you've experienced these types of things. Um, and you obviously that's normal naturally should protect your children, but it's very easy to go way over. <laughs> um, but I constantly have to find myself thinking, okay, Nikki, is this not rational? Is, is this something, you know, are you trying to protect her? Are you trying to like, you know, lock her away from the world because of what could happen? Well, that's um, the trauma, so that's right? Sort of I mean, the journey, right. That's the, that's you being triggered, remembering kind of, you know, in this fear of, you know, the same thing or this, you know, a situation reminding you of your own situation and this fear of, and, and of, of this happening to your child and, and it's irrational and it's, it's scary, but it's so understandable. And it's so, of course, right. you're feeling that way. Right. right. Like totally there's no, normal, there's but... like almost, you can heal as much as you want. You can, you can, you can, you can, you can be you, you know, you going out and helping other people and being in this place that, that you feel really good about. And you're still going to have, this is still going to come up. And I think that's where that whole quote, yep. you know, about you don't, you never past it you just bring it you have to bring it with you it's not it's not going anywhere right and in some ways I'm I'm it's um, kind of crazy but I'm kind of grateful you know I I feel like I obviously don't wish that these things had happened to me um and I wish that things had been different but they weren't so you know I feel like I've really been able to take that and run with it and some of the people I've met, some of the, you know, conversations I've had, some of the, you know, blogs that I've written and the response that I've gotten and all these different things, you know, I feel like while this stuff happened to me, like, I, it's given me, like, an avenue 
to connect with people and, you know, make a difference. And that's, you know, gives me, a, I talked earlier about tools that I use. This is one of them. Like this gives me strength to continue on. Talking about my experience and connecting with others gives me strength to continue doing that. That's awesome. And I can see it and I've seen it. And we're going to talk more about that in just a minute. Um, After a word from our sponsor, we'll be back right back with uh, Nikki. Today's episode is brought to you by Rumina Nursing Wear. If you're a mom holding your flanges in place or trying to keep them propped up with your knees while pumping and never getting as comfortable as you want, there is a game changer out there. Rumina's Pump and Nurse Collection has a variety of all-in-one, hands-free pumping tank tops and bras that you can both nurse and pump in, even at the same time. Their patented design allows moms to comfortably wear all day. When baby wants to nurse, you nurse, and when you need to pump, you can pump hands-free and never have to disrobe or put on extra garments. Rumina's amazing all-in-one products can help you have a more comfortable and seamless breastfeeding experience. Check out Rumina's Pump and Nurse Collection at pumpandnurse.com to see why thousands and thousands of breastfeeders are choosing Rumina for their breastfeeding journey. Plus, you can use code BB19. That's BB19 on your favorite Pump and Nurse product and get 20% off. And you can find all of our sponsor links and sponsor promo codes at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com, along with all of our breastfeeding resources, our all of our other episodes, and information about how you can schedule your very own lactation consultation with Diane. Okay, and we're back with Nikki. Uh, so Nikki, so I actually saw, so I know you. We, Nikki and I are friends, everybody. Um, she is actually um, one of the admins at the Badass Breastfeeder, and we've been connected for many years, and I know her story. She's actually written a blog about it on the badassbreastfeeder.com. Um, I've seen her speak at MommyCon, where she did a lot of this talk, um, talked about, um, talked to a room full of, of survivors I, I mean, I believe that yep. most of the people there were survivors. I see, you know, we can give these numbers and I'm sure, you know, you probably know this better than I do. All the numbers of one in four, one in three, you know, it's like such a guess because so much of it goes unreported, right? Right. And that's, you know, there's so many people walking right. around that so are much. survivors of, of this assault. Um, right. And so I remember being in that room and I remember the feeling in that room. I, I, you know, and as a social worker, one of the things I did as a social worker before I stopped as a parent, I worked with survivors, younger teenagers. Um, but, but I remember being in that room and I remember just so much emotion. Like it was so raw. It was so real. And I remember people were so eager to kind of ask you questions and I, and I remember there being a lot of people who were, who were really kind of hurting and in the trauma and really kind of hanging on and kind of saying, like, I don't know what, what to do next. And I don't know, you know, I don't know how to kind of handle what I'm going through. And what is the, like, what are you, what do you hear from other, because now that you've taken this to so many people, what are the things that you hear from other people? What are the things that you kind of say to other people who are, kind of going through what you're going through and maybe wanting help or 
just kind of flailing. You know how you feel like you're flailing sometimes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I know you know. No, I do know. Um, well, I always tell people that there are three things that I typically tell people like what before we're at like a really personal level like you know people who just come up to me and they're like like you said I, I don't know what to do I, you know I'm at this place what how do I you know move on or how do I not move on you never move on but how do you move forward um one of them is that a good therapist is worth their weight in gold um and I don't mean any old person um and a therapist is not always, you know, uh, a person who Blue Cross Blue Shield pays for. It's sometimes it's, you know, the pastor at your church or, you know, your grandma's best friend or your neighbor or whomever. Whomever you can make a connection with, um, I have found that those people are most helpful. I saw a lot of therapists and eventually I did find a professional who you know, specialized in this area and was able to help me. Um, but I feel like that's lacking for a lot of people for various reasons, whether it's financial reasons or availability or, you know, there's just not specials around them or, or whatever the case may be. Um, I always recommend finding somebody who can help guide them, almost like a sponsor. Um, I don't really like to use that word particularly, but that's sort of a, a thing. Um, my second piece of advice is always define a group of survivors that you feel comfortable letting it hang out with um, whether that's a Facebook group or um, an in-person group there's you know these centers popping up all around the country for survivors because it is so prevalent now um, and there's support groups and there's tons of different ways that you can connect with people who have actually been there because there's you know these professionals and they don't all have personal experience uh, and I think that finding somebody to connect with who has this actual personal experience is super super vital um, and then my last thing that I always tell people is to find find the thing that they can do that lets them leave this place <laughs> um, you know, you can get so wrapped up in trying to be a survivor, trying to move forward, trying to move past, that you forget to be Nikki or Abby or whom, you know, you forget anything outside of it. And then it sort of just becomes a thing that you're so wrapped up in and you can't move forward because it's your whole life is trying to move forward. So, you know, for some people, this is running or knitting or write. For me, it's writing. Um, and I write about the things that I've gone through. But through my writing, like I said, I've, I connect with these people. I, you know, and I write about other things, too. It's just the act of writing in general is very healing for me. And it allows me to get outside of myself um, and, and, and move on in a different way. So those are always my my things is find a, a, a professional type person that you can talk to find some sort of support group of people who have actually been there and find a hobby a, a skill of whatever the case may be that allows you to get outside of this um, and and then I usually you know people will start digging deeper <laughs> and you know a lot of people are like well 
let's connect. I'll connect with you. You could be the, my survivor mm-hmm. connection. And mm-hmm. I, yeah, and that's fine. Like I'm totally open to, and anyone who's listening to this or, you know, who listens later, I'm always open to talking to people because this is truly my passion in life is that no person who has survived this should ever feel like they're alone or like they're the only person because I guarantee you that whatever happened to you happened to somebody else. And if it didn't happen to somebody else, something similar happened, the same feelings, the same anxieties and the same things are happening to them. So, you know, I never, ever, ever want people to feel alone. So I'm always willing to to talk. And if I can't be the resource for you, I'm also always willing to help find, you know, resources that are appropriate. And through this, through talking, through blogging, through all these different things, I've kind of amassed a, a collection of, you know, groups and books and all kinds of different things that, that can help. That's some that sound advice right there. I love that. No, that is fantastic. I think everybody, yeah, if you're, if you're listening and you um, are in this situation, I hope that that was really helpful. Um, and actually, one of the, you know, because like I said, Nikki wrote um, a post about this on my blog. And mm-hmm. when I read that, that was the first time when I was, I was reading it. Obviously, I'd never seen you write before, except for like, you know facebook <laughs> but you can't really right. judge anything by that but you wrote you wrote the blog and i was reading it and i was like holy crap she is such a good writer like i was surprised that you i mean you really are a talented writer and w- where where can people read more because you can read my blog um, do you have a blog do you have do you post do you write for other blogs do you put your stuff so out? i don't have a personal blog um i do why not I also we got to get you I know. one of those. I know. <laughs> um, but all my stuff is on the uh, Rumina blog. I, um, it's a, another nursing wear company, and I blog pretty extensively for them um, about various parenting topics. And just because of who I am and the things I've been through and the things that I'm still walking through, um, they tend to all be kind of deep, heavy parenting things. Um, so that's usually where you can find me these days. So, uh, Ru- yeah. on their Facebook page. so Rumina is actually a sponsor of this podcast. And we can, well, there we go. I know it's super awesome. And I already thought about this cause, cause I was wondering actually if you had, if, if most of your stuff was over there. So we can, um, I'll put on our website at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com where this episode will be. I'll put a link over there to your blog so people can read more um, of your stuff because I highly recommend it. It's very, she's a very, very fan. You are a fantastic moving writer. Um, so if so, if, my, my thing. That's your thing, yeah. And it's like, it's such a great way to, I think, because re- then you can, you can reach so many more people nowadays with the internet and you can write stuff and so much more people can can connect to it and find this help i mean nikki you are like you are helping so many people by being so you know you're uh, there's people who are who who are going through this who aren't in the position you know to be able to talk about it the way you are and you're really helping people move through like some of the hardest stuff anybody could ever go through 
just by sharing your story. Yeah, I mean, you're like a hero. Well, thank you. (laughs) You are. And so, like I said, I, I, I get as much as I give. Well, um, yeah, I'm you glad to hear that. You can't quite understand just how, you know, there's like this, this special piece of healing that comes from knowing that you played such a huge part of somebody else's journey. I mean, there, there's really nothing more that builds me up than having another survivor say, you know, like, I never talked about this. Thank you. You know, just simple things that, you know, that kind of stuff is that's life-changing to me <laughs> to know that I played that part in somebody else's life and so you know, a lot of this was um about your breastfeeding journey and how he how you've how that led kind of you to this path of healing that you had never been on um but there are people who mm-hmm. who who kind of who who will say I'm not going to breastfeed they have their baby they don't have that moment where they latch the baby on and it's healing and they continue to feel like I'm not going to breastfeed and over my dead body am I latching a baby onto my breast and that's okay that is okay yeah that is like so I don't want people to think like oh well I don't want to reach out to Nikki or I don't want to read this you know her stuff if it's all focused on breastfeeding and she's really going to push breastfeeding because that's not that's not what's going on here that's the Nick. power is not in breastfeeding. The healing did not come from breastfeeding. I say this all the time. My power came from the choice that I made. The choice was not forced on me. <laughs> if I had chosen to feed my daughter formula, which I do now feed my daughter formula, <laughs> um, those are choices that I got to make. And that is where my power came from. That is what healing. It is not the actual act itself. Um, some of the physical things maybe did come from the act itself just because, you know, latching onto a breast is obviously, a, there's physical sensation. Um, but, but the real power and healing came from finally being able to say, this is my body and this is what I choose to do with it. Whether that had been nursing or not, it doesn't, you know, the, the power is the choice, not what the actual choice is. It's the ability to make the choice. Yeah, I think that's so important because when there's obviously abuse and assault going on, there is, there is, the point is that you, no, I'm here. Can you hear me? Oh no. Oh, okay. Yep. Can you hear me? Okay. No, I can hear you. I can hear you now. Okay. And I think that's so important because obviously when there's abuse and assault going on, the the situation is that there is no choice, that you're not given the choice. And then, you know, then then there's, you know, then you get to through the situation where you're, where you're finding, like you said, finding that power to be able to make the choice, whatever that choice is. And that just being so incredibly empowering. Right. Well, Nikki, it was so awesome to talk to you today. I really cannot thank you enough. And so you said... I don't want to put you on the spot, um, but you were saying that if, you know, that you do sometimes talk to people um, and maybe we can, you know, if not, it's okay. Um, we can uh, put um, some sort of way of people to contact you if they feel like they're in a situation where they need to reach out to somebody. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. I have an email address that I can we can okay. put on the, the website and please, I mean I'm not I don't ever want anyone to feel like, you know, they'll be judged or, or they're imposing or anything of the sort. Um, like I said, I get as much as I give. So if there is anybody who needs somebody for anything, whatever, whatever it is, whether it's you need to tell your story, you need to not tell your story. You need to just say, hey, this happened to me too. The end. Like whatever it is that you need, there is somebody here who will listen to you. And I think that that's, you know, everybody needs that. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Nikki. Like I said, you're a hero and I truly believe that. And I, uh, yeah, I just thank you so much for being here and sharing your story. Of course. Thank you. After interviewing Nikki, I had a question. I wondered what she did in those nights where she said she was so triggered that she couldn't breastfeed that there was just no option, that, that there was no way she was going to be able to latch her baby on. I wanted to know how she got through that. And so I asked her, and she sent me a message that I want to read to you guys. She writes, There was one night, Grace was just a little thing, less than six weeks old. I was overwhelmed by flashbacks and anxiety and panic. Letting her latch was not an option. So I had a screaming newborn who had never taken a bottle, no milk to even give her, and a mom who was basically paralyzed by anxiety. I tried all of the things I had been taught, grounding, putting a foot on the floor, centering myself in the present, holding a piece of ice to remind myself in the very physical way that I was in that moment and not in the past. Nothing was working. She was crying. I felt like a failure. So I'm going to tell you what I did. I went against every fiber of my being and I stepped into the anxiety and pain. I latched my baby and I cried. One of those deep, cleansing, cathartic cries that come straight from where all of the pain lives inside of you. I cried and cried until I had nothing left to cry. And my baby was fast asleep, full and content. Then I cried some more. As I said, the power doesn't come from breastfeeding. The power comes from the choice. I made a choice to nurse my baby in that moment, even though my body was screaming no, and I felt so broken. But after, I felt like a warrior. I felt like I could do this. That night was a pivotal point in my nursing journey. There would be more, none as bad as that one, thankfully. And each night, each choice brought me closer to a place of power, healing, and peace. Thank you so much for including that, Nikki, in this episode. And I want to invite everybody who's listening, if you have a, sh a story like this, or you share some of these experiences, and uh, you would like us, you would like to share them, uh, we're going to have Nikki back in uh, January of 2020 um, for another episode where we're going to talk more about this type of thing about how to breastfeed in those really most, you know, as she says, paralyzing moments. Uh, and we invite you to, in, to include your stories too. If you want to include your story, please send them to badassbreastfeedingpodcast at gmail.com. That's badassbreastfeedingpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you. Thank you.